Hello and welcome to the Demand Side Relay. And, well, this is Alan Harvey, and this is... Hello and welcome to the Demand Side Relay. And... This is Alan Harvey. Well, this is the new Idea Economics Studio with its... Hey, this is my mic. Today on the podcast, Fed Board Member Charles Plosser probably one of the more astute on the board, saying, I don't know what's going on. I don't think QE was such a good idea. Who knows about the future? We won't know what's happening today for a while until the final numbers come out. So the sober and professional thing to do is lay low and not make too many waves. At least that's what I hear. You be the judge. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is Alan Harvey from IdeaEconomics.org, the new nonprofit institute committed to the reform of economics. Some of the great new thinkers in economics are on our staff and on our advisory board. Steve Keen is our chief economist. Inked that last Monday. On the board is Michael Hudson, Anne Pettifor, Edward Fulbrook, Dirk Bessemer, and Jamie Galbraith. We need your help. Early funding is critical. For whatever reason, established grant-making institutions are closed to us, or we haven't found the door anyway. Visit our website, www.ideaeconomics.org. See what we're about. Find the Contribute page and donate. Help us reach our goal of $25,000 by March 28th. This early funding will buy us needed systems for our donor management, enable our TSL scripting project, fund our remarkable staff, and set the trajectory to meet an ambitious three-year budget. We have one of the great economists in the world leading the substantive side, We have a growing group of motivated project managers doing real work in data retrieval and display and in remedial, no remediating, education. That's the Econ 101R project. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Idea Economics. Thank you, Alan. Now back to Charles Plosser with Tom Keene. Mr. Plosser has to tune into endogenous money sometimes. He might not be so confused. Charles Plosser, president of the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. Charles, uh, Janet Yellen repeated what you've said in the statement the last couple times. If the economy progresses as we anticipate, we expect to continue reducing the pace of purchases. What do you anticipate and what's telling you the economy is still progressing at that rate given the data we've seen? Well, the data is very noisy right now. It's extremely noisy with the weather and other things. So I think we have to be a little patient. I think the, the economy left the end of the year on a pretty good note at the end of last year. I think it's in a firmer position than it's been for a number of years. So I'm still looking for something close to 3% growth uh, in 2014. And that's going to continue to bring down the unemployment rate and continue to uh, um, uh, 
allow the economy to progress. Should we basically anticipate no change at the next FOMC meeting because you have no idea where the economy is because of this noise? Well, I think I think that I think you can expect that we will evaluate the data that we have at our disposal. But I do think that we should be patient and not read too much into sort of data that's very very noisy. All this data gets revised, as you, as you well know, and so I think we have to be a little patient. We may not get a very good handle on the underlying economy for a couple of more months. Uh, and even then, we'll still be uncertain, as we always are. <laughs> well, whatever the cause, the economy's struggling right now. Yet the taper remains on track. Why? Is that because you don't think uh, bond buying works much anymore? Or are you worried about the size of your balance sheet? Well, I would never have been a big fan of the bond buying. I don't think it's as effective for the real economy as some people seem to think. That's been my view. Uh, but uh, I do think that we are concerned about the size of our balance sheet gradually. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and at one, some point we're going to have to unwind this thing. And so there are some concerns about that. But I think we're on track. I think the economy is still doing well, and we will. We have to be patient, though. We have to sort of uh, assess the economy, let the data come in, and not be in a position where we're whipsawed by every month's number that comes in and then gets revised, and we turn turned out it was wrong. And it's that's a very not a very good way to conduct policy. You started talking about forward guidance with Tom. Uh, the 6.5% unemployment threshold is essentially obsolete. So how do you signal to the markets now what your intentions are going forward? Well, I think it's a, that's, that's something that's on the table for the FOMC. I think we have to do it. The 6.5% threshold as we set it up is, as you say, obsolete. It's almost irrelevant right now. Uh, so we, we, if we want to replace it with something, we have to figure out what to replace it with. Look for the IDEA Effective Unemployment Rate. A heads up to be released Monday at ideaeconomics.org. As you recall, one of the concerns I had when we had, had this, when we set up the 6.5% was that I was concerned that we weren't saying anything about, mm. well, what happens after we get to 6.5%, six, six and, and now we've got to figure this, this that out. This is a terrific discussion between two pros on economics. Let me ask a dumb question. Are you more concerned about the inflation mandate or the jobs mandate? We are concerned about both the mandates. That was a safe answer. That was a safe answer. But right. They teach me that in but, school. But, <laughs> but, 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 you're, but you're also admitting that 6.5% number doesn't mean as much. The labor force participation rate is, is practically the lowest in 40 years, right? We're not counting people, so you can't really key off unemployment, can you? No, well, I think that's a mistake, actually. I think the unemployment rate's still meaningful, and I think a lot of the recent work that's been done on labor force participation is actually suggests that it's not as low as we think it, as, as some people thought it was, that a lot of the people that are dropping out of the labor force are not coming back. They're retiring. Uh, they're on disability. And uh, getting a better understanding of why the labor force has shrunk the way it has uh, is, is, is important in understanding the degree to which this participation rate is actually something more fundamental in the demographics as mm. the baby boomers retire. Right. In, well, I was just going to say, the participation rate's been falling since 2000. Let's stipulate that you're not raising rates anytime soon. But when the time comes, and it may be sooner than we think if the economy progresses as you anticipate, how do you signal that to the markets? Can you avoid the kind of big market disruption we saw, the taper tantrum when Ben Bernanke mentioned that it might be coming? Well, I think we have to be more explicit and more articulate about what kind of data we're going to be reacting to. And it's not just about one point, that this point we're going to do X. It's going to be what I like to call a reaction function, where we're going to behave in some more systematic fashion. 
we've got to figure out how to, to do that if we're going to be successful in giving forward guidance of any kind and be committed to doing it. If afraid? we change our mind every time, it's not very meaningful. Are you concerned about this? I think it's, a, it's part of our communication challenges, absolutely.